0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Win Win Podcast. I hope that you all had a great weekend and enjoyed the beautiful weather outside. The best part about summer in the city is when it actually cools down and so hopefully we are crossing that threshold now, but aside from the weather, today's episode is celebrating our partnership with Yotpo and amazing women in e-commerce. Yotpo and Aoi have been so generous with their resources, their time, and dedication to furthering women in innovation, and it is actually our second year partnering together. This year, Yatpo joined as an inaugural sponsor of the 2022 Women in Innovation Awards program and sponsored the first-ever innovations in e-commerce category. The category was sponsored by Yatpo and presented by amazing women in e-commerce. Yotpo is such an ever-evolving company, and as an e-commerce SaaS player, they are also truly emblematic of what it means to support women at any stage of a company's growth. You can really see them put their beliefs into actions into the amazing women in e-commerce initiative which they run. I don't want to give away too much, so you'll have to hear more in the episode itself, but for some context, today's guests on the podcast are one of Aoi's 2022 honorees, LaToya Tacharane, who is the CEO and founder of Sustainable Home Goods, an online brick-and-mortar store backed by a meaningful mission, and we also have Ruthie Berber joining us, who is head of community at YACPO. The conversation is so rich with insights, and I am thrilled for you to hear from these two amazing women. Hello, Ruthie and LaToya. I am beyond thrilled to have the two of you here with me on the Win Win podcast. Excited to be here. Hi, (laughs) thank you for having us. Ruthie is a double agent today. She is representing the amazing women in e-commerce team, or simply known as Aoi, where she's a program director. And she is also the head of community at Yotpo, which is an e-commerce marketing platform offering solutions for loyalty and referrals, SMS marketing, reviews, and visual user-generated content. And of course, we have the amazing Latoya, who is the CEO and founder of Sustainable Home Goods and Aoi's 2022 honoree. So, congrats, by the thank way. You, thank <laughs> you. Uh, it is going to be such a fun conversation all about entrepreneurship, e commerce, community, and of course, what it's like to be an innovator and a woman. So not to start this off on a depressing note, uh, but the industry has had it tough this year. The market is obviously very unstable and the whole landscape of what it's like to be a startup and what it's like to be a startup in earlier stages trying to raise capital is honestly no joke. So Latoya, in your six-ish years as CEO and founder of your own company, what have been the biggest challenges and the biggest aha moments that you've had so far?
1: Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that because I'm like literally in that moment right now, right? Mm. Where it's just like the market feels really unpredictable and we're trying to do like a capital raise and everybody's like, I don't know, like what's going to happen and like simultaneously all these amazing opportunities are coming our way but then there's also just the day-to-day just business and sales that i'm like oh god um so it's just like it's a very weird time i think to be a entrepreneur and to be in business i think things are just constantly changing between even just digital marketing and what that looks like now with facebook and instagram and um so yeah, so it's a challenge because it's just all of the all of the change that's going on, and not just in economics, but politically and socially, still very much so. In a, in a pandemic, like people are still getting sick, and everyone's dealing with that differently. So there's all of these different socio-political economic instabilities that are going on right now that definitely affect small businesses. So yeah, it's been it's been a ride.
0: <laughs> For sure. And and to be fair though, I mean, if if my stalking serves me right, you started six years ago and that yeah. was an interesting time in history too and so much going on. So yeah. just looking back at that time and, and how far you've come now, you know, what would you have told your mm. younger self, your your day one CEO journey self? Oh gosh,
1: get a really great bookkeeper because
0: you suck at that.
1: <laughs> um, just be ready for the ride, and it's normal. It's normal. I think. I think as a, a business owner, you go through all these ups and downs, and you often feel like I'm the only one. Like dealing with this I just must really suck at this or whatever and it's like no like this is the, the normal progression of things just chill out and continue to move forward and and that's been I think my biggest strength thus far is like I am so passionate about what I do and love what I do so much that it just keeps me putting one foot in, in front of the other, um, depending on what the, whatever the challenges are. And I think it's just important as an entrepreneur to be flexible Um, We always joke in our office that like our mantra as a company is just like pivot, you know, like it's just pivot, it's pivot time, like, um, and I think you have to be able to do that. So I just think I would tell myself, like, just be ready for the ride. It's okay. It's normal. And yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I I totally align on the bookkeeping thing. I started my own nonprofit last year and like the tears of just like trying to bookkeep when my revenue is like not even real, you know. It's like it's really really challenging. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I I totally hear that. God bless you, um,
1: CPAs and accountants.
0: And, you don't know, get <laughs> enough love. Love all the love to you. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Um, Ruthie, you yourself have been at Yotpo for six years, which is in startup years, like 26 years. And of course, Yotpo is not really even a startup because it works with the biggest brands in the world, but also small businesses. But you yourself have been at the forefront innovation in your industry and in your space. So as you look back and as you look forward, what has innovation meant for you?
2: So that's a really interesting question. And in general, just to frame like startup years, like it's actually crazy when I think about, you know, what Yoppo was as a company six years ago or twenty sixteen when I joined and and what it is today. It's like it's almost unrecognizable. Like when I joined the company, it was really just a reviews company. Like we just did reviews, that was the bread and butter. That was all we talked about. And I actually joined like on the content team. So I was writing all day about social proof and like how important it is to like, you know showcase your happy customers. And and then things kind of moved really, really quickly. Like we acquired um, a loyalty company. So we offered loyalty. We had the visual, like the actual visual element of reviews coming into it. And then like, I really felt from the founders that they were moving away from being like a solution or like here's the technology for like one piece of your like you know e-commerce marketing needs to a platform and they've been just really drilling the platform thing over and over again and i really like i didn't really understand and now that you know we are where we are today and this market is so saturated e-commerce brands have to deal with so many vendors now the platform play actually really makes sense now I understand what they were seeing so many years ago. They were like, <laughs> e-commerce brands are not gonna—they're not gonna want to handle a vendor for this, a vendor for SMS, a vendor for reviews. It's crazy. Like, and and mm-hmm. back in the day, it was so normalized. And I think like no one wants to. Especially we were speaking talking about bookkeeping. Like, who's gonna handle like uh, the payment for the solution, the agreement there? And 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 I think like that's what Yopo's done so well is kind of like really think ahead and see like this is where e-commerce is going we have to be able to provide that absolute real like really fulfill the need for e-commerce brands the platform that's what they need one place consolidated tech stack one vendor to deal with and like all of their you know marketing needs met in one place and i think that you know we'll just continue to do that like the platform will become more and more robust and it will continue to service, you know, brands as large as IKEA and, you know, and and businesses just starting out, you know, different tiers and, and levels of course of, you know, the product. But I think like that's the vision and like that's really the innovation that Y'all Post brought to the market.
0: And the market really has grown. And when we talk about e-commerce, it seems like, oh, so obvious, right? But even when you think about the growth, the tremendous growth that e-commerce has experienced during the pandemic itself, I mean, it's like anybody who is a naysayer was like, I get this now. And I, you know, we can talk about how those behaviors reverted or how they've evolved. But at the end of the day, I think that there's still so much to do and so many different opportunities.
1: It's changed and In the saturation, it really is about like, how do you help your voice to to be heard? And then I think, you know, again, you know, COVID kind of throwing a wrench in things and then being in isolation and seeing e-commerce explode the way it did, but then also the joy that people had when they could start going back out. Again, I think that that's also kind of revolutionized e-commerce a little bit because I think now brands are thinking, also about creating holistic experiences for their customers, you know, and creating really uh, special in-person touch points while also wowing them with e-commerce at the same time. And so it's 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 becoming honestly, I feel like uh, more well-rounded, and I think in a good way. So it's been really cool to see e-commerce brands being really innovative about their in-person touch points with people, whether it's like a pop-up, whether it's working with a different platform. I mean, like neighbor, I think it's called Neighborhood Goods, you know, like they've literally created a department store of e-commerce brands, like giving them the opportunity to kind of have a little corner of the world. And so it's been cool to see kind of that merging of the physical and the digital, Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Also being, you know, in New York City, I see so much of that, like that crossover from D to C to like, in person and the pop-ups and i live really close to Showfields, which is also like this display of like essentially things you can only buy online like they just don't have stores and it's really crazy to see it's like you really see like the e-commerce store set up but like copy paste into real life and i think that's really interesting because now the consumer really is more used to almost the e-commerce experience that the retail experience is trying to mimic the e-commerce experience and it's just it's so meta. It's crazy. No,
0: it's so insane. And it's like, really, like you said, Ruthie, like always interfacing with those brands in this one capacity, because often their point of differentiation is along with their branding and other things that they work on is really that ability to be online only. But I think taking the flip side of that, you know, Latoya, as I mentioned, I stalked you on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've referred to yourself as a chief visionary officer rather than a CEO which you know mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. and I think in this conversation around industry retail I think that idea of what a visionary is is really unique especially because retail is typically very much I think undermined as an industry I don't know about yes. YouTube but I've read like 500 headlines that say retail is dead and you oh, know God. what it, it's, it's not dead it's I'm, I just like I'm not <laughs> seeing the death you know um, and no. I think it's a misnomer so tell me more about your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. I think retail, uh, you know, is dead. Like Taylor Swift was dead. Right. You know, like she was never dead. and She was never (laughs) dead. Right. But she had to reinvent herself, you know, and I think that's what's happening to retail. I think retail is reinventing itself. And yeah. And I call myself a chief visionary officer because like I feel like one of my main jobs is sitting, being quiet and thinking and seeing into the future, seeing like, where is this industry going and how can we be a part of that? If not, try to lead the pack, you know, as much as I can, right? Um, Given the limited resources, like I don't have a whole team of people who are researching all the latest trends and things like that, like it's me having to be really connected and aware But yeah, I I agree. Like I'm very passionate about that point that people think that like retail is dead or I'm like, it will never die. Like we will always Mm -hmm. be buying things. In fact, I think it is more undead than any other industry almost because it's like, Mm -hmm. even with tech, I'm like, that's gonna come and go. That's a constantly evolving, ever evolving thing, right? you will always buy things. People will always buy things all, all the time, you know? And so I think what is changing is the interaction between brands and consumers. Um, I think what consumers are wanting is changing. I think the experiences mm-hmm. that they're desiring are changing. And I think that um, brands have to change with it. You know, it's like change or die.
0: And Ruthie, I feel like you have a really interesting point of view in that because I'm sure you work with brands that are saying we are online and we want the holistic experience and the three sixty experience. And then you have brands that are probably like, We are so outdated, we are retail only, how do we get online? Yeah. So what are you seeing on both sides of the stick there?
2: It's crazy how different those two like things are, actually. <laughs> like those real situations are uh, unbelievable. And of course, like we service, you know, every kind of brand, like the brands are trying to like really penetrate online, having like had almost zero online or e-commerce presence and vice versa. And I think I'll, I'll speak first to the, to the D2C that's trying to kind of like go a little bit more omnichannel and have more of like an offline presence. Something that Yotpo like really believes is that you need to be like wherever your customers are right and that's what we're constantly trying to do and everything really everything that we do in our technology and and our you know our offering is really to facilitate and ensure that brands can can be wherever their customers are and that not only can they be where their customers are they can like give them like a very seamless experience so the experience offline and the experience online should feel like the same brand and so one of the things of Of course, I'm going to shamelessly plug our technology. But one of the things that we can do is like, if you shop in store and you get loyalty points and those loyalty points translate to your loyalty program, which you can then like use online, it feels like this is one, you're like dealing with one cohesive brand experience. And I think that really like adds a lot to retention. And I think in the end of the day, both the big brands that are trying to get to like penetrate online and both the D2C brands that are trying to penetrate like offline or omnichannel, it's all comes down to retention because today acquiring customers is just so expensive. And so the reality is that what Yotpo was really seeing and, and, I, and I'll use your word Latoya pivot and what we've really kind of pivoted towards is like, instead of being like a customer acquisition marketing platform it's actually really a retention marketing platform because like what is loyalty if not retention what is sms marketing if not retention what is reviews if not retention so really like that's what we see on both it doesn't matter if you're like you know you're bob's furniture that you're trying to like you know penetrate the online and you know you've mostly been like a, an offline store or or like a, a new brand that started online that went viral and now they really need to meet their customers elsewhere it's really about retention. And and what we try to offer as a solution is just to ensure that like, they can do that, right, whether it's, you know, going online or offline, in the end of the day, like, our consumers are really picky. And they have very high standards, and they expect a very personalized branded experience. And if your brand doesn't feel like authentic, like authentically like your brand offline or online, then you're most likely gonna lose that customer because then they're like no longer bought in.
0: I mean, even in my industry, I work in financial services and digital payments. Most people will scoff and say, but payments, it's different than bookkeeping, just saying. <laughs> um, but but no, we always talk about how the moment of payment is not really the beginning of the payments journey, right? And in, in, the, in the idea of an e-commerce store or a platform, you're looking at prices, you're mm-hmm. looking at the different products, you're looking, are there any deals or are there discounts? Like by the time you actually get to the checkout box, I mean, mm-hmm. there are lots of things you can do there. but. at the end of the day like this is so much of a journey and an opportunity to meet customers where they are yeah
1: I was gonna say yeah that kind of reminds me of like that saying like you eat first with your eyes
0: you know Mm -hmm. it's
1: kind of like you make a decision about whether you're going to purchase something before you actually go to purchase it so I love that perspective and and yeah you know Ruthie I think everything Uh, you know that you said too is um i that has always been my perspective is like yes we want to win new customers but my goal has been like how do we win them i want them to shop with us for the duration of the time that they have their homes you know like i'm like i'm in it for the for the long haul like that's what i love about home decor and what we're doing it's like your home is so important and and you know hopefully you'll always have a home and i want to and i want our brand to travel with you like wherever you go for the for the duration of that and that's always been my focus right is like it's not about just acquiring all the new people all the time it's about really getting an opportunity to connect with and go deeper with those folks who are loyal to you because people want to be loyal. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think people are like branch hoppers. True. They want to be like, these are my people and, and they want to be your greatest cheerleader. So it is, you know, I do think that y'all posted on a, a beautiful job of pivoting in that way and being a resource for businesses to do that through communication.
2: I really feel that because I think that me as a consumer, speaking as a consumer not as a Yopo, you know, representative. I feel like to a certain extent I want to be true to my brand, my personal brand. And so for that reason I'm not like brand hopping because if I find for example a sustainable home goods store and I really care, I really care that where I shop from is sustainable, then most likely I'm not just going to drop for any moment, you know, to buy something that's like fast produced lamps because that just doesn't feel right to me, and I think like this reality now that we live in, you know, today, the loyalty also comes from like feeling some kind of alignment with like a brand's ethos. I personally, I thrive cosmetics because like I like the fact that they are like yeah, contributing, like you know, proceeds to women, and I like the fact that they don't have any like messy chemicals and they're not creating like worse environmental crises. <laughs> It's just like that's one example but then like for that reason even if i do see another brand that's like cheaper Mm -hmm. i'm not necessarily going to go for it because that doesn't align with my personal like belief or brand and i think that for you latoya i'm sure like it's so important for your customers to feel like they have a connection to what you're what you believe in and what you're trying to do and and that really that's what really gets you that lifetime value of customers because it's like you don't want it, you don't want them to shop once you want them to shop once and be like wow this made me feel good and the next time I want to like get something for my home I'm gonna come back here because it makes me feel good and it feels like aligned with what I believe in and who I am.
0: Right consumers no longer have to choose between doing the right thing and shopping at a sustainable Great. store and saying it's going to be a terrible experience it's going to smell like compost I'm going to hate every moment of it the site is going to mm-hmm. be broken it's like now there are these opportunities mm-hmm. to bridge the technology to bring the mission to bring the efficiency but still stay true to who you are and personally that's that's really where I see the opportunity but I'd love to hear about it from you Latoya I know that you participated in Yacht Grow, which is an incubator that Yotpo started to accelerate Black-owned businesses and really enabling ushering the brand into the future of tech. So, you know, not coming from a technology background and and really diving headfirst into this e-commerce technology landscape, what has that journey been like for you and how has bridging that gap really been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Yotpo is definitely key in helping us to bridge that and to dive into it because you know, honestly, I, you know, I'm a solo founder, right? And so you're just juggling so many different things. And, um, and I think you said it earlier, Ruthie, like the difference between like the physical and the digital. So it's like, I've got two brick and mortar stores as well as the e-commerce. And it really does feel like I have, almost feels like I have two different businesses because they do function differently, right? And so, it was really hard for me and I'm, and I'm seeing like, okay, this is the way that we need to engage, but having the time and the resources and the energy to engage in that was like really hard. So when I was able to get into the Yatpo, um, Incubator, I think it was really great because they did create this platform, and now I was getting to meet with people who were walking me through the process and helping to set up the systems and just made it a lot easier for me to be able to hop into that tech that I think previously was just really hard when you've just got so many other things going on. So really thankful. Um, Yeah that they, that they were able to kind of push me in that direction.
0: So what were some of the technologies or some of the kind of new things that you integrated into your business and like, what, what role has that played?
1: Yeah. So text was huge for us. You know, like we hadn't had that set up at all. And that's been really great. And I think our customers have really appreciated that communication in that way, also getting shipping notifications in that way. And I just think that that's how people interact now. Like it's just so much easier to just like pull up a text and respond it's so to easy. it. So that was huge. Yeah, and then reviews too. But I think what they brought to reviews was adding that that visual element to it. To the fact that our customers could also like post their pictures of how they use the product along with the review, I think was really huge for us as well. So I would say those were like the two biggest game changers for us.
0: Yeah, no, I believe it because again, speaking as an N of one, I started using Rent the Runway this year. Um, I went back into the office. I work in a large corporation and, you know, I felt myself buying all this stuff that I felt so bad about and I'd end up donating every year anyway. And so I said, let me try this, you know, Rent the Runway game. And Truly all I do is stock photos of like normal people wearing the clothes and (laughs) I'm like texting with the advisors and it's just like such a holistic and empowering experience It also makes you trust things. Look, I'm not that old, but I still remember when we didn't order things on the internet or call our cars on our phone. And so like I need that touch point and I need that trust and it doesn't matter the scale or the size of the organization. So switching gears a little bit, I did want to talk um, about, you know, we talked about challenges quite a lot, but I also do definitely want to call out, you know, the, the element of people in both the business models that you both are working on, as well as the people that you are and the challenges that the two of you have had as two women in e-commerce and in technology. And I know, Ruthie, you are a program director at Aoi. And so I imagine that building this startup within the startup that you're already in came from a desire and a need that you saw in your industry. So I wanted to touch on that part of both of your journeys a little bit. Um, And Ruthie, if you want to kind of tell us a little bit more about Aoi.
2: I can't talk about Ali without talking about Talia Shani, our, uh, you know, our Maya director of marketing. She was the person who actually pitched Amazing Women in e-commerce as a marketing campaign at first in our innovation like week. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone came with ideas and like we pitched and then we voted on, you know, which idea was the best. And of course, Amazing Women in e-commerce. All the women on the team were like, this is brilliant. But why it's brilliant and why, why it meant so much, I think to the women on the team is that what we saw, and this was granted 2018, so you already had like your glossiers and your ways, and you're like, actually in e-commerce, women are killing it. And there are a lot of amazing women and there are women founders. And like, it's like a space that, that women had actually already like shown like that they can be successful and break glass ceilings. But there wasn't like a lot of talk around it and i think what talia really wanted to do was like hey these women have done amazing things like let's recognize them let's do something that's like actually highlighting it so so people understand yeah e-commerce is full of amazing women then the other part and like what was i think why it's been so important for us like to continue doing is that when she pitched the idea she said let's call on the industry to nominate amazing women and for every nomination we'll donate five dollars to girls inc and that was really what made sense to us, because it's like, yes, we want to recognize, we want to empower, we want to highlight amazing women, but we also want to invest in like the next generation of women business leaders. And I think that resonated with so many people on the team. And, and organically, we expanded into a community because if anyone who interacted with amazing women in e-commerce, whether it was nominating someone that they really like believe in and just wanted to give props to, or you know attending an event and hearing from an amazing woman being like wow she has so much insight to share whatever it was they wanted to stay connected and and obviously you know needless to say it's been running since 2018 and it really has been like that most successful you know marketing campaign if you will but it, it's really developed into this standalone program and i think it just speaks to how much of a need there was because nothing like at least that i had encountered in 2018 had any kind of like gender angle. Like e-commerce was very like tech clean, almost robotic. Like the personal element of e-commerce like really didn't exist at least in you know my experience. And this was the first time that was like there's a human element to e-commerce and there are like really incredible women, smart, driven who are changing the industry, like disrupting the industry and like something needs to be said about that. And and since since the launch of Amazing Women in e-commerce, we've seen so many like e-commerce women type things crop up. And I think that just mimicry is like, you know, the highest form of flattery. Of yep. Form mm-hmm. of flattery. Uh, quote. But like, that's the truth. Like, I think that we we got, like we hit something that like, really there was, there was a, need, a need in the market. And, like, for sure. we didn't even realize mm-hmm. like the extent to which um, that was true. And, and I, and I love it. And I'm so proud of it because I feel like what we've created is like an actual community in a space, sure. and a network of women who just constantly bring each other up and there's so much to learn from. And when, if, you know, if you interact in our Slack workspace, you'd, you'd see someone's like, Hey, I'm hiring, or I'm looking for, you know, a recommendation for ads and it's like, everyone is so helpful. Like I think like that speaks so much to like the power of women in general and our like ability to like be so resourceful.
0: And, and LaToya, before you chime in, I also just wanted to call out, you mentioned that you're a solo founder. Women are like ridiculously more likely to be solo founders, and that's not a coincidence. I think I could go on and on and write probably a whole thesis about it. But I think it's <laughs> also even amongst us, like breaking these molds that, you know, we're better on our own, we're better on top alone when that's not how the other gender does it. And that's honestly not how we see innovation. But um, would love to hear from you on that, LaToya.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, when you're both talking, when I, one of the things I was thinking about, um, especially Ruthie, when you were talking about how, like, there wasn't really, like, um, much recognition for women, you know, um, and I feel like e-commerce has been, like, like, this beautiful entry point for women to really make themselves known, because there really is because there's kind of like a low barrier entry Mm -hmm. into it. Right. You know, and then you can just grow and expand from there. Like I'm thinking about like 2017 when I just had this crazy idea, I was like, Oh, let me just try this. And I just, you know, you create this website. Right. And then you're able to just like grow and expand from that. And what a beautiful platform e-commerce has been to let women just, rule like just do what they need to do to show up create these brands on their own terms and their own way and there's just not as many barriers or hurdles to have to jump over i think as opposed to other industries so i think it's really cool that you guys kind of saw that and recognize that but it just made me think about like oh that's so I think that's one of the beauties of of e-commerce is the freedom that it gives entrepreneurs to, to create something really impactful and meaningful. So yeah, anyway, I think we need each other. I think like you said, it's very lonely. When you're a solo entrepreneur, and so any type of platforms, I mean, Aoi, again, is a beautiful platform, bringing people together to not feel alone, to feel like you do have access to other resources, a network and a network of other people who want to grow their businesses and be amazing and influential. it's, It's so good. And that they created a platform that, you know, translates no matter where you are, In the world, I mean, I think it's really good as well. And because even here in Atlanta, there's a group of women that I meet with. And we love having that connection with each other and being able to push each other, empathize with one another. I I think all of that is so important to, to keep going, especially to bring it back kind of to where we started, you know, with the challenges and all the craziness going on. I think community is more important than than ever to just be like, we got to keep going. And we got to keep trying to make the world that we want to see for the next generation.
0: In our time and age, and not not that one has to do with the other, but we've also seen how profitable community is, right? And, you know, you look at Things like, I'll I'll speak in my space, Elevest is a a FinTech that is focused on investing for women. You know, you look at these FinTechs in the space and a lot of the times it's like, well, okay, investing is investing is investing. That's not true at all. At the end of the day, whether it's our money or our online purchases or the goods we bring into our home, right? We are all looking for what that means to us. And Ruthie, you said it perfectly, what it says about our brand, right? Like the people we connect with, the shops we buy from, it is all comes back to who we are and our sense of identity. And what I've loved about your career, Ruthie, to give you just this huge shout out is I think that you started in one space and now you are literally leading community as a part of innovation for your firm. And I'm sure they, they see the value because it's so, so clear. But I would love to hear more about you. Like what has been head of community like at Yatpo. What do you see as the future of community?
2: Like, it's a very important time for community because I think community is having a moment, like, at least in the tech space. There's a, a lot, there was like a lot of talk about, you know, product led growth. And the truth is that product led growth and community led growth go hand in hand, right? So, what we're seeing and what I've seen, you know, in the past year, really, that we've actually managed to launch our own like digital you know, hub for customers is that like, it's not enough to provide excellent products Mm -hmm. and great services. You have to take it a step beyond. You have to show your customers and like, and going back to retention, like why should a customer stay with you and not just go to another tech solution? Because they have a community, because they get something out of it beyond just using the product. They get to, you know, network with other customers. They get to really feel like that Yotpo is investing in them and providing, you know, resources for them. And I think that's what community really is, is that like sense of belonging. Like, yes, I, there is a sense of belonging if I you know, pay for a certain service, but that's not enough today. Like, and that's why I think community is so, so important, especially for a company like Gelbo, especially for the economic environment that we're going into. How do you justify paying for like, a software as a service if that's all you get you need to be getting something out of it and like what we're really trying to bring to the table is like yes use our services see roi see that success but also like go a step further and connect with the community and really optimize and get more out of your e-commerce marketing because you belong to this e-commerce marketing community this group of other like whether it's like, you know, different verticals and industries, but still like in the end of the day, everyone's trying to succeed in business. And that's what Yachtpost is trying to do is like really just enable them to succeed.
0: Yeah, no. And, and I think it's it's a model that's so tried and true, but it hasn't been scaled. I used to work in the luxury industry space and I whenever I talk about it, I always say. You are buying a t-shirt knowing that it cost $1 to make and you are paying $1,000. is no tricks here, there is no lies, like it is just what it is and people subscribe to this vision and they subscribe to what it means to buy that t-shirt and be a part of that brand and a part of that community. And so the fact that that's being scaled to anything from retail to e-commerce to technology to me is a very, very exciting turn of events. So before we end our podcast today, I would love to ask the two of you the quintessential question I ask all of our innovators, starting with LaToya, and that is where do you see yourself and your industry one month from now, one year from now, and 10 years from now?
1: Gosh, that is a great question. I feel like I'm trying to like come up off the the, the top of my head. Um You know, I I think that we'll continue to see our industry, you know, I think brace itself for what is to come for this year. You know, I think the way we started the podcast about, you know, economic climate feeling a little shaky right now I think you're going to see a lot of businesses kind of hunkering down and saying okay what does that mean and I think streamlining you know I know I'm personally starting to look at like really what is our brand voice what are we really good at because of that everything you've been talking about, Ruthie, about that retention, about really connecting with our customers. I don't think people want mixed messages. They want a very clear message about who you are. And, um, and so I think you're going to see a lot of people just really refining their message, refining who they are within the industry and really nailing down their ethics, their missions, and how do we continue to integrate that into our brand? I feel like that's kind of like the one month and the one year. I I think we're kind of like in this beautiful place where brands are realizing that um, they can't just talk about their ethics, they need to live them out. Um, And I love that that conversation has really come to the forefront. Uh, Cause I, I mean, I would say even five years ago, Five to 10 years ago, we weren't really talking about a brand's ethics, right? Like we were just like, is it cool or whatever? And so I'm really excited to see going into 10 years from now, what even how that shapes businesses. I'm seeing larger brands becoming more conscious and I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, 10 years from now, our brand will continue to kind of, lead the pack as far as being a conscious you know minority-owned brand that is continuing to have an influence on the retail industry that's where i want to be i'm also really working towards there being a more minority presence and voice sitting at the table of the larger retail industry and really having a huge influence on what products we carry who we're working with what our supply chains look like. How can we make that better for our makers and for consumers?
0: I love it. Love the end-to-end vision, and it's super love exciting that. to see. What about you, Ruthie? Mm-hmm.
2: So, okay, one month from now, I will for sure be at an offline gathering for amazing women in e-commerce in LA. Amazing, which would be our first ever West Coast event, on our first you know local event, and I think it's a milestone for us because like that localization of amazing women in e-commerce, like, yes, it's a global and, you know, digital community, but the fact that like, people can take it offline and meet up in the West coast because they're all there. Like that's something that we've always wanted to be able to facilitate. And it's like the first time that we are. And so that's a big milestone for us. And so a month from now, I will see like, really like what, what does, you know online community translate to offline community and then a year from now i mean hopefully like the yotpo product community would have really taken off and and the idea would have been like my goal really is aside from having this like you know flourishing digital space with tons of resources and like a lot of connections made i would love to also do something similar that we've been doing for awi which is like letting, facilitating and enabling people to take it offline, like whether it's like meetups or local groups or whatever it is, but like really to have like communities within the community, that's where, you know, I really like where I'm trying to take it to next year. So hopefully I'll, (laughs) I'll manage. And then in 10 years, it's, it's very hard to say. I, but one thing I can say for sure is whatever it is, like the woman angle, like will stay with me for sure. Like, I don't see myself like ever really compromising on like being able to empower, learn from, recognize, celebrate women, whether it's in the e-commerce space, marketing, tech, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever it is, like, I feel like I'll always like that will always be like an important thing professionally.
0: What an exciting way to end this podcast. Thank you both for spending the morning with me, starting off our weekends together. Very, very excited. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Yes, Yes. thank you for having
0: me. It was super fun. Thanks for listening to Win Win, brought to you by WIN, women in innovation, and myself, Zoya Kozakal. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit womenininnovation.co to learn more about our organization, programming, and other opportunities. And remember when women innovate, we all win.